0: Hey everyone, Tommy here. This is episode 2 of Fighting Words. As always, my friends got tired of hearing me talk about fights, so I did what everyone does. I started a podcast. I'm no analyst, I'm just a fan of the sport, so expect some different takes and breakdowns from a different perspective. Enough about that, let's talk about some fights. Bellator 225 is over the weekend, and this card was insane. Every fight was a finish, and I couldn't tell you the last time I saw that. I never expected to be this entertained when I watched this fight card, but they had some huge stars in the making with Vitaly Mikanov, he came back after losing to Czech Congo to get a devastating knockout, Alejandra Lara, she got that amazing knockout, and I know she already challenged for the flyweight title, but... I'm not sure Bellator can deny a rematch, but I'll talk about that later. And the biggest stars. Easily Austin Vanderford, Nick Newell, and Sergei Karatanov. Alright, time for me to break down these fights. So, we're gonna start with the main event. Matt Mitrion versus Sergei Karatanov. Um, I feel like I gotta address the elephant in the room on this one. Please. Unless you're running upstairs in Philly or punching a meat meat in a meat locker. Don't walk out to Eye of the Tiger. I can't be fooling with that. Leave that to Rocky. But (laughs) these two were going at it. Both wanted to stand and bank. And that's exactly what happened. Karatanov pushed forward. Hit hit with a shot to the side of the head. Distracted Mitrione and frustrated him. And he capitalized when Mitrione's mouthpiece fell out for a fourth time. He landed a heavy uppercut and a knee that dropped Mitrione and then finished him and got the knockout. That was a crazy fight that I never expected to go in any way that it did. I know the mouthpiece had stuff to do with it, and come on, Mitrione, his coaches, whatever... Make sure you've got your mouthpiece. And make sure you've got a spare that's fitted and ready to go for when that happens. Like, you you can't fight with an unfitted mouthpiece and expect it to stay in. It almost cost him a point. That ref, if that fight hadn't finished there, the ref was going to take a point away. And cost Mitrion that round. And I'm not going to take anything away from Karatanov there. Like, that was a beautiful uppercut knee combo to some hammer fists I loved it absolutely loved it but I would have loved to see how that fight played out without the distraction of the mouthpiece and Nick Newell versus Corey Browning Nick Newell is a beast I'm so glad he got a submission win uh he did exactly what he had to do got the takedown in the first round, and got to Browning's back. After that, the choke was in. That was all she wrote. What's crazy is Newell did a video with Robin Black right after the weigh-ins explaining how he does a rear naked choke with his body the way it is, and it was amazing. If you haven't seen it, I think it's on Robin Black's Twitter. Go check it out. Uh, and then he got it with the exact same move. Bellator has a star on their hands with Newell if they do it right. And I know it was a one-fight contract, but come on. You've got to give him a bigger contract and a better one. Like, pay the man, put him up there, like, just blast him out. He's a he's a star. Like, with a rear naked choke like that, with with one arm being amputated at under the elbow like it's insane i just hope they don't advertise him as a fighter with one arm he's so much more than that like yeah his body's different but who cares he is phenomenal and the way he works with with that is great and that video will show that and i'll link it in the show notes so you guys can check that out as well And the other huge fight of this card was Austin Vanderford versus Joseph Creer. The biggest takeaway here is how strong Vanderford is compared to how small he is for a middleweight. Creer was so much bigger than him, and he got a huge takedown in the first and just dominated in every aspect after that. Had great ground and pound in the first and didn't give Creer a chance to work in the second round. Vanderford immediately got Creer to the ground and continued to grind. He busted up Creer's eye with nasty elbows on the top and the bottom. And Kreer just couldn't respond. That eye became a target for Vanderford and it just worked. After the second round ended, the doctor came in, said Kreer couldn't fight. And it's a big win for Vanderford. Let's play matchmaker here for a minute. Some fights to make after Bellator 225. Sergei Karatanov needs to wait for a title shot. I think if Bader gets past Czech Congo next month, and I really think he will, it won't, it won't be a fun fight, but I'll break that down when we get closer. Karatanov will be a fun fight because I really want to see how his takedown defense stands against Bader and how well Bader can handle those heavy shots. Like, I know Bader's got a chin. He's a light heavyweight fighting heavyweights. He's able to take those shots. But Karatanov just knocked out Matt Mitrione. Not many people can say that they just dropped him like that. Even Bader, who beat Mitrione, had to use wrestling. Like, he did not want to stand there with Mitrione. So, I think this matchup would be amazing to see. Alejandra Lara should also wait for a title shot against Ilima Le McFarlane, and I know she lost her fight with McFarlane in a submission, but screw it. Lara is still a top contender, and after that performance, I think it would be a ton of fun to watch and could be different than last time. Like, I don't know who else is at the top of the flyweight division other than those two. Like... Can you guys name somebody that deserves a title shot more than her? Because I can't. Now, for Nick Newell. This is a tough one here. Because I know his skills are phenomenal. So why not put him against a huge name in Bellator? But I don't think they should throw him to the Wolves just yet. He shouldn't fight someone like Benson Henderson or Josh Thompson. Who who have just done everything in the sport. Who are phenomenal fighters. Who really should just be taking huge fights or a title shot. But how about someone like Kevin Ferguson Jr., a.k.a. Baby Slice, Kimbo Slice's son. Rest in peace, Kimbo. Or better yet, Brent Primus. Primus got back in the win column in his last fight earlier this year after dropping the title to Michael Chandler. And what better way to skyrocket both of them to superstardom then put him in a fight with a former champion who's still a little bit green because Primus doesn't have a ton of experience. He had that one fight against Chandler that he had one round and kind of won because Chandler had a really bad issue with his leg and just couldn't continue. But Chandler was like, fuck it, I want to keep going. The doctor said no. And I think that fight would just be a ton of fun. Let's see it. Come on, Scott Coker. Make that fight. Please make that fight. Now, Austin Vanderford. How about Joe Schilling? Schilling's a really experienced kickboxer. So that would test Vanderford's striking and his defense to striking. And we could also see Schilling tested on the ground as well. Styles make fights. And this would be a great matchup to see. If Vanderford beats Schilling in an impressive fashion, then we're off to the races. He needs to be fighting seasoned veterans, former champs, and maybe a few away from title contention after that. Who knows? But let's get to some news. One FC announces their huge 100th event called One Century, comprised of two full-scale events, one of which will air on TNT in the United States and other countries, current fights announced are Angela Lee versus Zhang Jingnan for the Atomweight Atomweight, excuse me, Championship. Ong La Nang versus Brandon Vera, who is the current one Heavyweight Champion, for the Light Heavyweight Championship. Demetrius Johnson versus Danny Kingned. For the one flyweight world grand prix final, Eddie Alvarez versus Sangid Gusin Arslanov for the one lightweight grand prix final, along with more t- more title fights and kickboxing matches. This is going to be a huge card for ONE if promoted right, and could propel them into mainstream in the West. Because for those of you who don't know, ONE Championship is a huge asian organization where they focus more on martial arts over trash talk and i think that could be huge over here as well if they do it right and i love watching one fc it's some of my favorite events and i think they put on great cards because they focus more on who deserves it who's a better fighter like and then these flyweight and lightweight brackets Stuff like that. They brought over Demetrius Johnson, who is the best flyweight ever. And they're like, alright, we're going to put him in this bracket. And we're just going to see how it goes. Winner will fight for a title. It's been going pretty well. And it's been super entertaining to watch the whole time. Now, the next one. Kurt Angle says Brock Lesnar is retired from mixed martial arts. But he knows the one fight he wants is John Jones. I almost didn't want to add this. (laughs) I just don't want to entertain this as a thing. Because Brock will never come back and should never come back. But Angle says he admits he doesn't know if it will happen. And Jones said Brock is too slow. He will embarrass Brock. Like, I never want to see this fight. Brock Lesnar is a cheat. He's arguably more steroid than man. And John Jones isn't known for being clean. But it's not the point here. Brock is huge. Jones is not built to fight someone like that. And more importantly, Brock is an embarrassment of the sport. If he returned, USADA better have the golden snitch living with him testing him daily. Uh, On better news... (laughs) Darren Till calls out Kelvin Gastelum for a middleweight debut at Madison Square Garden in November. I love this fight. Till is a striking beast. And while Kelvin is an experienced wrestler, he's more than happy to just stand in the pocket and trade. And his hands are strong. He will easily put on a fight. And knock anyone out. But I don't know if that, like just standing in the pocket, would be enough to fight against Till. Yeah, Masvidal knocked him out. Alright, he lost to Woodley. He's lost to the top contenders in the welterweight division. But at middleweight, where he doesn't have to cut a ton of weight, I'd love to see him there because I think he'd be stronger... He'd be better. He'd have more endurance. It would just be amazing. And let's do it in November. Why not? Speaking of Madison Square Garden, Frankie Edgar versus Aljamain Sterling is being targeted for that card. This fight should be a ton of fun. It would be Edgar's bantamweight debut. But come on, UFC. Sterling should be fighting for the interim title. Where Cejudo will be out for a while and then has to defend flyweight first or give it up. And they're not giving Frankie an easy fight for his debut. Like, why not give him someone that's a little lower than Aljamain Sterling, the number one contender? Like, I think it's a little bit of a disservice to both of them. But I I love the fight. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be a hard fight. I'm down, though. (laughs) Uh, George St. Pierre says the risk of fighting Nick Diaz again isn't worth the reward. I know people really want to see the fight again, but GSP is right. He came back to be a two-division champ. His legacy is cemented, and fighting Diaz again can only do more harm than good. The Diaz brothers are still on top of their game, and Nate proved that the other weekend fighting against Anthony Pettis. And I can only imagine how good Nick is still because I'm sure he's training right beside Nate. And I don't see it being a dominant performance like it was last time. GSP would fight and he would take damage. Would he win? I think so. I just don't think it would be a super dominant performance and wouldn't do much for him. All right. Ben Askren versus Damian Maya booked for Singapore, UFC Singapore main event on October 26th. This is a great fight. It is a perfect fight for Askren to bounce back after the Mosvidal KO, and Maya no slouch either. He won't knock out Askren, but this is this will show who is the best grappler at welterweight and potentially in all of MMA. The biggest question here is where is Askin's mind after that knockout? It's his first loss, and it was in devastating fashion. If social media shows anything, he's handling it pretty well. So I think he will come back and potentially be better than ever. But I swear, if Damian Maya opens up with a flying kick, I'm going to lose my mind. The next fight, the card... Coming up this weekend is UFC fight night Andrade versus Zhang. Okay. Uh, this is a thing. I get this fight card is meant to appeal to the Chinese market, but can you put some fighters that anyone knows outside of China? Like, I'm gonna watch it. I'll have zero clue who anyone is fighting other than Andrade and Zhang, and I right now i really can't break anything down other than the main event so let's get to it (laughs) uh jessica andrade versus wale zhang if you told me this would be happening this time last year for a title fight i would have laughed in your face and that's not a disrespect to either fighter just it's really unexpected but here we are andrade is a monster She really only loses to the best of the best. Her only loss at strawweight is to Joanna Jacek. And there's a reason for that. She has a great ground game. Awesome ground and pound. And hits like a truck. And she's big for strawweight. Like, let's not forget, she used to fight at bantamweight. It's a huge jump. So, the biggest thing here is... Can Zhang beat Andrade like she did Tisha Torres and Jessica Aguilar, who were both very high-level fighters? I don't think so. I think she is in over her head. Uh, Look at the masterful work Andrade did against Claudia Gadelia, The first-round knockout of Karolina Kovacevic. And then the slam she got on Rose – When she was losing that fight. Proves how versatile Jessica Andrade is. I think Andrade will break Zhang. I don't see this fight making it to championship rounds. Now the question is how. I don't see Zhang losing by a straight up knockout. But I think it will be a ground and pound TKO. That she just can't respond to in the third round. That's how I see that ending there. And that's everything for now. Thanks for listening. You can find the podcast at anchor.fm slash fighting words or all podcast services on Twitter at fightwordspod my personal Twitter at Nightwing593 you can support the podcast with a monthly donation of 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 a month and you can cancel that at any time but that would get you producer credit in the show notes by going to anchor.fm slash fighting dash words until next time i'm tommy and these are fighting words